Radio. I'm Ray Burton and welcome to another Let's Talk Gardening podcast. Our mission is to provide listeners with interesting, informative topics and up-to-date information. My co-host is Faya Caro, an award-winning gardener, horticulturalist and media presenter. Faye's passion is educating people. Oh, and she loves bugs a lot too. My passion is simply beautiful, healthy gardens. And together each week, we cover many great gardening subjects. Saturday morning and here come the girls, Ray and Faye, with Let's Talk Gardening. Good morning, gardening friends, and what a wet, wintry week we have had and continuing. Very misty out there at the moment. Yes, it's Radiothon morning, as if you didn't know, and it's your chance to win some great prize opportunities on The Garden Show, should you choose to donate within the next two hours, and we certainly encourage you to do so. We are ready to go to take your calls. Uh, when you call in, you'll be speaking to the beautiful Bev Daring. 94841927 is the studio phone number for all the gardening questions. Now, our garden researcher and chef and quiz master is also here, John Glidden. He looks after our questions. He helps us out. He assists us and provides great gardening solutions and advice every Saturday morning. Big shout out to radio superstar Alan Simons for his ever vibey and ever witty performance, helping him to do that each alternate Saturday morning is Peter Kelly. Thank you both boys. Breakfast is wrapped up by our cycling DJ Jim Grine and Jim Recruit turns next Saturday. Now our Radiothon line, if you'd like to send through a donation is 92663900. You can also donate online by going to curtainfm.com.au. And remember, $2 donation or greater is tax deductible. Faye Akaro, good morning. Good morning, Ray. How are you today? Good. Now, we are having a headphone issue. So we'll, we could maybe, uh, in the break, jump into the other studio. That's what I think we'll do. So if you can just, everyone can bear with us. Uh, we'll, at 20 past, we will go into Studio 2 and uh, see what we can do. I think that's the only thing I can think of right now. In the meantime, we'll chat amongst ourselves. We'll chat amongst right? ourselves. No, well, you should. <laughs> yeah, let's just see what happens. Let's just see what happens. There's nothing ever straightforward uh, in a curtain radio. Yeah, so, but anyway, it's uh, good to be back and it's a big morning for us. We have great prizes. We have, in this first hour, we have four $75 gift vouchers up for grabs from Green Life Soil Co. So there's four opportunities if you donate in this hour. In the following hour, between 9 and 10, we have four $75 gift vouchers from Bigger Trees up for grabs. And we also have... Something a little bit different. We're going to do a high tea in Faye's garden and we are asking for a specific donation to attend. That money will go to Radiothon. We will have a wonderful afternoon in Faye's garden and we'll explain as we go along this morning what that will be all about. And we'll open that up between 8.30 and 9.30, I think. We'll just run it for one hour, give you the donation amount and if you'd like to attend uh, when you ring through all you have to do is say phase garden and donate the money to the lovely people in the boardroom okay all right yeah so I'm getting the thumbs up from Jim thank you yeah so uh, I don't know it's hard he wants 
He wants to donate, does he, and come to our high tea? <laughs> when people talk, and I get, I'm getting finger signs through the glass, and Good, it's I like, hope. while I'm talking, I'm like, gotcha. Yeah, so, all right. But uh, we're also doing a normal gardening show as much as we can today. We are speaking to Rob Melville from Melville's Rose and Garden Nursery. Now, it is the time to think about pruning. Some of my roses are screaming prune me. Others are still flowering. Oh, I've got buds popping up and... and yeah. A yeah. lot of the leaves still look really good. I can't believe it, Ray. It's been so cold. Like yeah. two two or three weeks ago, we had that awful week of cold and rain and yep. and hail. And we've had another wet week in between. Um, Thursday was lovely. Overnight rain and all day sunshine. It was glorious. Yeah. Even this morning out there. The weather's quite lovely. It's not cold. It's a great time to grab your umbrella and walk around the garden and write your jobs list. <laughs> oh, my jobs list is never-ending and I'm not certainly not getting to it. I just need, I think, a week just to spend in the garden and not do anything else, have anything else on my agenda to try and oh. catch up. And I have a lot of projects and I'm not getting to them. It's mm. quite frustrating. Uh, but I, I, I beg to differ. I think it's been very cold. I've been having trouble keeping warm these last week me, or two. Me too. But this morning it's when I went out bad. there, I was pleasantly surprised. Yeah. And it was still, and it wasn't cold like I was expecting. And I thought, okay, well, what can you do garden-wise in this weather? And yeah. I thought, okay, you probably don't want to get down and, and pull weeds out of yeah, wet soil. it's not pleasant. But there's a little bit of pruning to be done. Yes. So if you start your pruning list, list off all the things that need a hedge trim or a seceder cut, you can do 15-minute jobs, can't you? Grab your seceders and go out and just deadhead your roses. Yeah, there's lots of little things you can mm. be doing, as well as any of your uh, potted plants, uh, indoor plants. There's lots that can be done there as well. And don't forget, you know, pots sitting under eaves and aren't actually potentially getting any of the rainfall. So keep an eye on those as well. And actually, our rainfall for June so far is 226 mils. Okay, the average is 124. I think wow. that we're heading to break to smash the overall all-time <laughs> June Woo. rain record in Perth. Yeah, I mean, we love records here in uh, Perth, don't we? We like to have a record. But, hey, you know, when you consider consider everything, I was looking at rain during the week in regard to we get more rain in Perth than Melbourne. We get more rain in Perth than places like London. I know. Who would have thought? And we're, often, and we're always complaining. <laughs> Well, we don't have that's enough. That's interesting. Yeah. I know Perth yeah. is the most so remote capital city in the world. And some say the windiest as well. Oh, I mm. thought Geraldton had that tag. <laughs> and Albany, I yeah. would have thought. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Albany, very, very mm. windy. So, But we encourage your calls, 94841927. And Kay of Mid Katie of Midland has phoned in and she's saying, can she prune her pomegranate tree now? And if so, by how much? I would probably prune it when it's dropped all its leaves and then you can, you might be able to tell where, well, you can see the framework of the tree so mm. you can keep it tidy. Uh, wait till it's dropped all its leaves, Katie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. Okay. 
Perfect. And uh, as I say, we are chatting to Rob Melville this morning from Melville's Rose and Garden Nursery, talking about rose prunings, the whens, the hows and the whys. If you have a question, you can certainly ring that through to Bev and we can put it to Rob when we're chatting to him. And also five past nine, we're chatting to Kevin Smith from Wormshed. Now we're talking about worm juice, aerobics and worms. Okay, so <laughs> our other presenters seem to be a little bit mystified what on earth we talk about worm juice. What is worm juice? I know they're taking the mickey out of us. I know that. Of course they know what it is. Yes. And uh, so we're talking to the uh, worms man specialist, Kevin Smith, who uh, he... Well, last weekend we got a, a call uh, about the fact that we shouldn't use the leachate on our edible vegetables. Mm. And I thought, well, that's probably... a a good time to speak to someone who does this for a living and get to the bottom of why you wouldn't and what you have to watch out for. So is it the worm wee or is it the leachate from the worm farm? What is the difference? And aerobics and yeah, anaerobics, anaerobic, that's yeah. where that came from. That's so correct. Not exercises yeah. for worms, folks. Yeah, no, <laughs> but it, it'll be good to uh, put that to bed once and for all mm. because uh, I was lying in bed last week listening to The Garden Show and when I heard that lady, I thought, actually, yeah, she's right, I've read mm. this. Yeah, so that was very interesting. Well, certainly if, yeah, I will just start by saying if you put all your scraps into a worm farm and then yeah. you pour water through and it's sitting in a bucket... And then you pour that on your leafy vegetables and mm. you take them to the kitchen and mm. that sort of liquid is still sitting on there. You'd you'd have to be very careful. Mm-hmm. Mm. I, I heard you say you put meat in your worm farms. I do. That I, attracts the vermin. Oh, look, I you, have vermin. Are you past that? My, the the vermin that come in for anyway, my fruit trees, anyway, Ray. Yeah. Um, the worm farm is the least of my problems. Yeah. To be honest, I've put a dead chicken in my worm farm before and it breaks down all but the bones. But also, it's not just worms that I can attract there. I can also get soldier fly larvae and they are next level waste decomposers. They are amazing. Correct. They're Mm. dormant at this time of year. But Mm. honestly, you can hear soldier fly larvae munching in your worm farm. (laughs) And I must say I'm quite distracted because you're sparkling at me. What does it say? <laughs> the, the goddess. The go- goddess. Wine goddess. Actually. Wine goddess. I see. I can't see. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, we're all good at that. We're all wine goddesses <laughs> on the gardening show. <laughs> I think gardening and a glass of wine do go hand in hand, actually. Oh, they absolutely do. <laughs> yes. When it's not too cold, it's good to have a wander around the garden with a glass of wine. All right. We do have a couple of emails. Let's and, knock them over. And this one came in... Uh, Saturday last week, actually, from a friend of mine, Doug, and he says he was looking for lily of the valley in any form that he can grow. Now, I quickly went on to the Tulips with a Difference website and found the bulbs there. So I sent that information off to Doug and he ordered straight away, I believe. So, Oh, brilliant. Mm. Okay. Lily of the Problem Valley, that's solved. not something that I've actually grown before. Yeah. The flowers of the uh, Irish strawberry tree look yeah. very much like Lily of the Valley. They're little upside-down urns okay. and they're white and they're delicate and followed by red berries that are very attractive to birds and probably vermin. Uh, 
They're edible but not very palatable because they've got tiny little seeds. Did you watch Gardening Australia last I night? I did. Yeah, yeah. I was interested in the fuchsia lady. Oh, But I amazing. wanted her to give more. I wanted more information. About growing them? Exactly. Uh, yeah. We... As you said before, we live in a very windy place, I and I think and our that's our undoing. Are... The, the mm. temperature, those hot easterly know, winds are absolute killer. Mm. Um, they do grow she well. She was here. up in the was it the blue the blue mountains? mountains yeah, I and think. I thought, aha, mm. you know, there's there's tick number one tick. Yeah, so yeah, you would love it in the blue mountains. Oh yes, the I climate. would. Yes, I would. Um, I'm in the wrong state. Yeah, I know that. <laughs> and uh, you'd it's probably like beautiful. Pemberton. Do like Pemberton. Mm. Love all down the south. Mm. Love Denmark. All around through those areas is absolutely glorious. And it's a great time to go hiking at the moment. The mm. fungi are bursting to life. The yeah. slime moulds are creeping. The droseras and sundews are poking their little heads up. Love that. Love that. Yeah, there's yeah. lots happening in the bush right well, now. Well, I noticed you posted some great photos of your garden during the week, and your garden is absolutely, abs- yeah, <laughs> looking like magic. Oh, uh, Different times it, of the year offers different things and there's just so much to see. It absolutely does. Like winter colour, there's so much on offer. I've, To my surprise, I've got three bearded irises flowering now, a gorgeous tall yellow that just stands out like a beacon, uh, a short purple and a medium white. And they're just spot flowering yeah, through the garden. Just gives you... The Costas gingers, they're still... But they've still got flowers, yeah. there's foliage colour. Considering it's cold and wet and windy, the garden is actually looking pretty good. But then we have this canopy, which, of course, I curse in summer with yeah. all the leaf drop yeah. and sticks and mm. blossom. But the gum trees provide protection. I planted out bromeliads this week. My Zeriscape garden's looking quite quite okay yeah and i took a trip to Carnup nursery this week oh my goodness oh that's not fair i i got a new salus cutting ray whoa which doesn't happen very often so Mm. i reckon i might be up to about 26 different ripsalis now yeah they're up they've been on my radar oh go down and have a look amazing Mm. yes grab grab yourself an umbrella and go for a wander because through them it's It is inspiring, to say Mm, the least. mm, Mm. Okay. Look, our number is 94841927. It's awfully quiet, so I'm assuming that you're all donating busily in our Radiothon room, and that number is 92663900. Four vouchers up up for grabs for Green Life Soil Co. And let me just tell you a little bit, if I can find... My information about Green Life Soil Co. They are an award-winning business run by the beautiful Linda and her husband, Paul Michener. They are located at 66 Wilson Road in Middle Swan. They're open Monday to Saturday, 8.30 to 4pm. And you can see oh so much more by going to greenlifesoil.com. Now you can shop online if you want. They specialise in custom soil mixes, which they do make on site. Uh, Many of their products are organically certified and a number of their soil amendment products are WaterWise endorsed. As we go along this morning, I will tell you more about Green Life Soil Co. and what they actually do there. They are very much into reconnecting people with nature not only everyone else, but themselves in their own backyard. 
And they do get excited about growing food and they want other people to experience the joy of growing your own food as well. Uh, they do believe it is important to use less chemicals in the garden, which Faye promotes every week, uh, to promote biodiversity and to live more sustainably. Green life is founded on the philosophy of permaculture. That's the basis behind green life. And we shall go from there. If you would like to win a voucher to go to Green Life Soil Co. and uh, spend your little heart out, nine, no, 92663900, support Let's Talk Gardening. We we really are quite competitive in the garden on the garden show. We like to uh, flex our muscles, and I know some around where around here. I actually have the tally that we were starting off this morning, which has been an amazing week. Eighty-eight thousand five hundred and eighty-six dollars was uh, the tally when they wound off last night, and uh, that's absolutely tremendous uh, amount of money that our listeners have donated to their beloved Curtain Radio. And let, let's give that a nudge, guys. Let's give that a nudge on behalf of Let's Talk Gardening. So you know what we're going to do now, Faye? Okay. We're what? going to jump studios, guys. We're going to go to a break and uh, open up in uh, Studio 2 because we've got headphone issues in this one. Bear with us. Curtain Radio. And we actually did make it. How, and do you have ears, Faye? Can you hear? I can hear. Yay. Okay, we did a mad rush uh, because we're having some interesting issues in Studio One. And yes. Okay, we, thank you very much. It's a bit like that this morning. We're chatting with Rob and Katie this morning. Uh, they will, will be crossing to them uh, right now, actually. It's one of those mornings, guys. Let's speak to Rob and Katie from... The Magnificent Melville Rose Nursery. Are you good to go, Faye? I'm good to go, Ray. Okay, let's do it. Hi, guys. G'day, guys. Hello. How's it going? Oh, Morning. we're just having a few technical issues, but we're we're good. We're, we're good to go now. We've sprinted. Oh, <laughs> oh, lovely to hear from you two. Thanks for joining us on the show today. And we thought it was very timely to talk about when, when to prune your roses and how to do it. So joining us, we have Rob and Katie. Hello, hello, hello. Thank you for having us. Yes, it's that time of the year, isn't it? It's come, sure is. Come around, come around so fast. We've, um, we're only looking at, at our garden at the moment and there's buds everywhere. So it's, uh, it's a lot of people in the same boat. So pruning will be a little bit later this year. Yes, yes. We were just having that conversation earlier where some of my roses are actually saying I want to be pruned. Others are actually um, thriving still. And I'm getting absolutely gorgeous roses, beautiful colour that's obviously much deeper because the weather is cooler. So what is the trigger or what, what should we be looking for before we start pruning our roses? Well, obviously, you, you want your plants to, to look poorly before you prune them. Um, you want them to drop leaves. And uh, obviously, the, the beauty with Perth is because the weather has been great so so long, we get flowers right into August. So... It's not a it's not a disadvantage to prune later. Even late late August is absolutely perfectly fine. So the plant the plant will tell you when it's ready to prune when it stops flowering and like you said, um, summer looking yeah looking good. So, so just just when they look like that, they're yeah, saying prune yeah. me. Go ahead and do it, even though I feel like it's too soon. <laughs> it's like a big fat cat asking for food. Some will some some roses are greedy and will keep going and other roses have had enough and they yeah. might be older they might be an older plant and they've just not got the same vigor as a younger one and yeah so yeah they'll tell you when they're when they're ready and why do we prune we prune to keep the plant young and and 
and keep it going for longer and longer. So if we if we prune badly and cut, so a lot of people cut too hard and the, the, the rose ages too quickly um, and we won't get our 60, 70, 80 years out of a plant. So it's basically to keep the keep the rose young, like we like when we go and have a check up at the doctor or or eating properly. It's it's, it's very similar to people. It's like it's almost like taking out the old wood, so you've got room for new canes. If you're not ever taking anything from the base out, there's no room around that grass, around that erogenous zone for more more plants. It's like us having growing fifty arms. And we just grow another 50 arms and another 50 arms. So each year, if you take that older wood out, those old arms out, yeah, two arms. So it's just a concept. So it's you've really concept. got to get your muscles ready, haven't you, guys? When you yeah. when you look at a rose and it hasn't been pruned well for a long time, and you'll see yeah. the old grey thick wood. Yeah. So you yeah. take you would take out the oldest, and I I'm also thinking that. If someone's come in and pruned your roses, this is for the listeners out there, and they've done a lazy prune, there will be a lot of old growth there. So what we're looking for is to renew that, to get rid of that, and to encourage yeah. new shoots yeah. to create the framework of the plant. And it also is dependent on us, what we do through the year with our food and our water. If your your plant hasn't got enough nutrients throughout the year it's going to have less good wood so you're a little bit stymied then because you can't just take it's harder to prune because there's no new stuff because it's not had the food it needed so if your old woods produce something new up top you sometimes have to keep it for another year because you haven't given enough food through the year to have that lovely young basil from the back from the bottom basil meaning from the base yeah. So it's a, it's a bit of a tricky one. You really got to interpret it and assess it and go, okay, well, I have to keep that because I've got a really good shoot coming off a bit higher, and my my plant has hasn't put on anything good that I can work with this year. Absolutely, oh. and also every rose is different too. That's that's the hard part oh, for, yeah. for people. Mm. Some roses will just produce basal shoots all through the year. Pruning is easy. Yeah. Icebergs are bugger. Yeah, icebergs ice- really hard. All the icebergs because they ice- don't put on good stuff from the bottom, no matter what you do. One hundred percent right. Iceberg is probably the the hardest yeah. because it it doesn't like to shoot from the base, and then mm. you see a lot of gardens out there with very high old grey wood. But once once that happens, you've got to keep that and just keep kept cutting the, the younger ones at, at the top, like Katie mentioned, because because otherwise you've got nothing else. So with icebergs, is that because of the habit of them being their prolific flowering? Uh, I don't really know that. that. Yeah. I don't really know that, Ray, to be honest. I don't think there's any real Re- science yeah, to, okay. to why a rose does what it does, unfortunately. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's good to know, to, to, you know, to keep an eye on and know the roses that are, that are easy. Um, I mean, there's some varieties that, that throw out. Like the David Austin rose Tamora, mm. that, that would throw out 20 or 30 basal shoots every year um, and it's just a matter of thinning them out and getting the better, the best one. And you know what, we we put a lot down to genetics. Yeah. Like the rose is just genetically, that's what it does. It's like yeah. Yeah. it's like a person or exactly. a schnauzer or a, a Burmese. It, it has characteristics that are its Absolutely. own. Absolutely. So mm. sometimes it's not enough science. No. Out there. 
Yeah. Sort of thing. But I think the other thing we say with ponies, all you do is you look at the plant before you start and just take out any old wood that you can from the base, but then just reduce whatever the variety you have is by about half. People take too much off, and this has come back to genetics. If that plant is going to be 1.5 metres in a perfect world, as in you're giving it the correct food and water and care, it's going to be 1.5. If it's, if it's 1.5, just take half of that off because if you take too much off, it's going to genetically try and get back to being 1.5 before it flowers again. So in the spring, you get all this rapid, sappy growth yeah. Easterly winds come up in Perth, they snap them off, so there you've lost your first basil, and you've got less time of flowers because it's trying to get back to what it needs to be. It's trying to get back to 1.5. So yeah. the time it could be flowering and the energy it would have put into flowering, it's got to recreate its, its status. So don't just reduce it by half. People, we, we drive around and people have hacked them to the ground. Oh, yeah. Pruning. It's not hard pruning. You just... You just destroyed all the growth it put on last year. So the whole thing is trying again and again and again and again. I love that so advice. It's hard work for you, but it's hard work for the plant. Just yeah. reduce them by half. Yeah. Let him have a chance to have a sleep and then wake up and do a little bit of growing and ta-da. And when, yeah, no, that is such a, a strong point. Thank you for that. When you uh, have finished the pruning, what is your next step? Do you use anything on the roses? Do you use any fungicides? What do you guys recommend? Uh, Copper is probably Copper. The, the, main, the main one. Yeah. Um, it's, it's a really, it sticks really well to the canes yeah, okay. uh, and gives protection for the black spot. In the in the future, um, a lot of we've been recommending lime sulphur as well, mainly for its insecticidal properties for um, for chili trip. Uh, if there's any uh, eggs, if if it can get down to some of the eggs in the grounds, um, we're hoping that that's that's helping. Uh, so those two those two things are that's, what you want to use. Another thing when you prune is you want the babies to go to bed. With no leaves on, so you want yes. you've got to pull the leaves off because the spores of funguses and stuff get in that little union between the leaf set and the cane. So you've got to strip the leaves. Okay, make sure and all the leaves are off. Yep, all the leaves off because you want it to Good go point. to sleep. And by taking the leaves off, then they can't feed themselves. They have to slow down. And then the spray is more effective because it can run along the cane and into those little union points where the spores sometimes sit. And they can get down, they, they don't obscure, uh, obstruct it getting to the ground. So you want the spray, to, the drift to go onto the ground. Another thing is, roses are uh, exotic. So they lose their leaves, just like an ornamental plum or pear or whatever. So people are going, oh, my leaves are yellowing. That's an autumn colour. That's just another stage. It's not always disease. People yeah. don't think it's always disease. Sometimes, I mean, there's one dusty moon, which is an Australian bread rose, which is fantastic. And that gets this beautiful foliage in winter. And it's just part of your winter garden. Don't don't be scared of the change in the plants. Um, yeah, and automatically assume there's something wrong yeah, with it. Mm. It's just a deciduous plant. It's just a little one, not a big one. And when do you start feeding again? Yeah, yeah look, again, 
it's going to be a funny year this year because they, they might bounce back really quickly from yeah. acre. So the, the rule of thumb is five centimetres of growth is when the plant's telling you that it needs... That it's awake again. Yeah, it needs to be fed. Okay, that's the easy one. So we, we don't easy. have to worry about that for right now. And have you got any new news, anything coming out that we yeah. haven't heard about or new you'd varieties. like to share with us? <laughs> um, go on. You. Uh, we've got, yeah, we've, look, this year, last year, new releases were a little bit disappointing, but this year it seems very exciting. So the main one that we've been focusing on is um, Golden Peter, Peter Onsart. Um, wow. Yes, I've seen that on your Facebook uh, Yeah, so it, we actually had it last year just in pots. Um, the trial it? Yeah, we were lucky yeah. enough that the agent let, let us have some bad wood early. And mm. the, the pots are not the, the perfect example to see how it's going to go, but they they went very well in the pots. They flowered well. The, the biggest issue with any climber is, is flowering, and, and, and people buy roses for flowering. So we've had a few varieties in the past that we've dropped because they just haven't flowered. They've been... When they flower, they're amazing, but you only get one hit. That's, yeah. that's right. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. And if you're spending 20, 20, 30 bucks, you want 10 months flowering. Yeah. And there's so many good varieties now that will flower their little hearts out right into winter. That And, you know, for 30 bucks or 25 bucks, what else... Flowers for ten months of the year and lives for eighty years. If you do Pretty right well, thing. nothing. No. no other plant yeah. does that. Well, your dad used to say, Rob, that roses are the most generous flower in the world. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Well said. Yeah. Mm, absolutely. Yeah, and I know you also have um, some. You're into your salvias up there, and you've got some great uh, cottage plants that complement the roses that you actually have available too, which you know puts my antenna up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, look, salvia is a, a, a perfect complement for roses. Mm-hmm. Um, we have, you know, we have customers. We had some customers the other day that um, were native native people. They love native plants, and they 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 wanted native plants for the birds. And and we have thousands of birds here, so they they were sitting down. They bought a roses. They wanted to try a rose, so they were sitting around, and they could see all these little birds flying around, and mm-hmm. and, and going around the salvias and, and getting the nectar out of the salvias. And they, they were absolutely gobsmacked. So I think they probably bought about, they stayed here for two hours and they bought about 10 salvias. So yeah. people, and, and I, I understand the, the salvia, the, the, the nature's been great for, for the birds, but salvias and, and roses are fantastic for birds. The birds love them. And yeah. the, the thing with salvias and roses is that, there's so many, there's over a thousand different varieties of salvia. So mm. they all like the same conditions, the same, generally the same water, which is very low. Same as roses once established. They like the same food. So you can fill your garden with similar plants or the same plants, but different varieties. And it's easy gardening because it's all the same requirements. So you yeah, have that's... a lot of interest in your garden, but it's it's easy and it's cheaper because you don't have to change your fertilisers. You don't have to change your water. They all like the same thing. They all get cut two or three times with hedge trimmers a year. So it gives you it gives you the birds. It gives you cut flowers. It gives you interest and 
heights and colours and varieties, but it's easy gardening. And one salvia can get to three metres. So for 12 bucks, it's a yep. place in the garden. I'm sold. And I must yeah. say that salvias are a perfect companion plant for roses because yeah. I've actually found ladybirds harbouring mm. in the flowers yeah. of salvias, yeah. hanging out there waiting for when the, the aphids arrive yeah. at my roses. Exactly. Yeah. It's a. It's just a really lovely combination. It, it's relatively cheap. I mean, a rose. We still are selling roses for twenty-two bucks, mm. and we're selling our our salvias for twelve fifty. So mm. it's a money thing. The world's gone mad. And yeah. if you can get some joy and colour into your garden and yeah. and have life around you for not a lot of money, it's it's we need to do this. Yeah. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. We we do send uh, the odd listener to you for advice. We've had people recently wanting to know how to propagate roses, uh, things like that. I hope they made contact with you. We do, I hope you don't mind. We send them straight to you. We've also had a recent inquiry about someone to prune roses. Do you do you have the ability to send people out to prune roses? Uh, unfortunately, all the people that I know. Yeah. Are fully booked. Yeah, um, we stopped yeah. doing it. We used to go out for sort of eight weeks and prune, and we're, we're growing twenty plus thousand roses a year, plus all our salvias, and we just need the winter to do our own propagation and our own pruning. Now it's just we we encourage people to come up during pruning and they can we'll have a look. Yeah, great. Okay. Like, and we'll discuss, but we just haven't got time to actually no. go out. We used to do rose pruning workshops, but even that. That takes a day. We've lost a day's pruning, which is maybe 500 roses that we could have pruned. So it's just we come up, see us, have a chat, have a look, see what you're trying to achieve, and then have a go. Because it, once you know, it's easy and it's really rewarding. That is very true. And, it, it, you know, you're still in your garden in winter, which is really important because it's a different space in winter. True. And you can't kill a rose, can you, Katie? <laughs> oh, I don't think so. I haven't had much luck. <laughs> Oh, that's good. Well, that's great advice for all our listeners. Thank you very much for your time today. Yes. And yeah, keep up the good work. Thank you for having thank us. Thank you for having us and yeah. you're more than welcome. Have all a great right. winter time in your garden. Yes, thank you both. All our love. Take care. Cheers. See you soon. Thank okay. you. Bye. Bye. What a great couple they are and how knowledgeable they are. And they they are the leaders, aren't they, here in Perth well, in Roses? Well, such a pretty, no question. pretty nursery. Oh, um, it's I, next I, level. I learnt so much from going to their rose pruning workshops. Yeah. Like they say, you can go up and they can show Watch. you what to do. How great. Now, Lily asked what were the two products that Rob said you put on after pruning. They were lime sulphur and or liquid, copper spray. Liquid cop, copper, yeah. Okay, so I'm a liquid copper girl myself. Mm. Yeah, okay. Nine four eight four one nine two seven. We hope you are donating busily in the Radiothon room. That number is nine two double six three nine double zero for $75 gift vouchers from Green Life Soil Co. up for grabs. Curtain Radio in you are tuned to Let's Talk Gardening. It's a special morning this morning. It's Radiothon morning on Curtain Radio. And it's uh, we have some special, special prizes. And we're actually going to talk about now Faye's Garden High Tea and your opportunity to join us for a lovely high tea. We're thinking early October. 
and go ahead, Faye, explain. Well, we explain did it last away. year and we just had such a lovely afternoon, we didn't did. we, Ray? We did. It was a lot of we, fun. We wandered the garden, we sat down, we had delectable delights and <laughs> fine china. And, of course, you get to spend time with the gardening team. And We did a beautiful tour of your garden. And so we all thought we'd uh, add in a gardening chat, yet this topic yet to be discussed. There'll be a Q&A opportunity to, for you. There'll be plants for sale, if that's your thing, and complimentary prizes. We thought we'd really, really bang it on for you guys. If you would like to attend, the donation prize for that is $150 for two people or $75 if you're on your own. Now, that money goes to Radiothon. It does not go to us. We are doing this all voluntarily, but it will be a really beautiful afternoon in Faye's garden. So if you would like to attend, Call 92663900 now and say Faye's Garden so that the ladies don't get confused. It's $150 per double or $75 for a single. And we're going to have a cracker afternoon. The uh, sun will be shining. <laughs> we hope. <laughs> the we flowers never know. will be blooming. The birds will be singing. We'll be putting on beer and champagne and some wine, won't we? It'll be we lovely. Will. Yeah. And we'll cook. Yeah, yeah. John will cook. Yeah, <laughs> he doesn't know it yet. Well, we didn't <laughs> do just too bad up. last year. <laughs> yeah, no, we had a, a absolute um, a lot of fun and we had a really pleasant time. So we thought we'd do that again, just something a little bit different, hey? Sounds so, good yeah. to me. Okay, so if you'd like to participate, nine two double six three nine double zero. And while I'm on that, uh, we've got some donations to to read out to you, just very very quickly. Thank you everybody for donating during Let's Talk Gardening. Telly's sitting at 89536 so we've come up about $1,000 so far in Let's Talk Gardening. Come on, guys, let's give that the nudge. We want to get over the 90 grand mark, absolutely. Ray Harding of Caramar, Susan Cook from Forest Field, Simone Kabelke in Marmion, Barbara Caram in Bicton, Erie Smith in Carambine, Christine Ward from Connolly, Mona Noble in Mandra, Graham Smith in Oakford, Judith Prince in Wanneroo, Pat Riseborough in Brigadoon, Leslie Hardy from Shelley, Peter McLennan from Willerton and Brett Holloway from Marangaroo. What a cross-section of uh, geography, if you like, as well. We have listeners coming from all directions. Thank you, thank you, from the bottom of our hearts and from Let's Talk Gardening for donating during this time. We appreciate it so, so much. We're, we are very grateful because it keeps the station on air and keeps us in a job, Ray. <laughs> well, albeit. <laughs> it gives us a platform. Yeah. It really does. The work and we, we love do what we do. Is volunteer here on a Saturday it's, morning. It, it Same with Bev and, and John, and we yeah, do we, it because we love it. And we, correct. We hope you. You do too. Yeah, correct. Hope someone's listening out there. <laughs> yeah. Like to take a few gardening calls. Give us a call nine four eight four one nine two seven. You got something you want to say? Well, I've got more emails mm -hmm. and from yes. last week we were asked about growing elm trees mm -hmm. and the best way to do it is actually actually from cuttings because you get a head start. It's apparently very popular amongst bon bonsai growers because if they were to get an older plant, nursery stock, and then have to prune it and shape it up, it can leave scarring on the trunk. So if they choose a nice little branch... They're looking for wood that should be partly mature, meaning not green but still flexible. And the time to do it is actually spring and summer. So some hardwood cuttings can be prepared and planted in the late summer 
after their growing season, but they get off to a, a good start. They develop their roots and away they go. So cuttings is the way to go for elm trees. Okay. In the warmer weather. And, of course, you can send your questions by email, gardening at curtainfm.com.au. You can send your question or comment in that way, and we will respond on air. So what's happening in the garden now, Ray? Ooh, uh, well, absolutely. Everything is having a really lovely drink, but I'm, I'm finding uh, annuals are going gangbusters at the moment. I like, I'm, a, I'm a viola girl, viola, oh, however you want so to say it. Oh, so pretty. Yeah, I love, I love my annual col- colours. And I've got my, some bulbs popping up. Don't ask me exactly what. I have to, I, yeah, my memory's uh, shot, but I've uh, planted bulbs in pots everywhere and they're all just starting to really uh, power on. Uh, yeah, there's still things flowering. There's some really nice coloured foliage happening. Things mm. are coming up. Things are going down. You know, all the leaves are pretty well, you know, fallen from my trees. You know, there's been amazing colour this week still with liquid ambers and in my area where I live, just maroon red, you know. It's just been breathtaking. And that, that of course, is gold. If you get out there and rake up That's all it. those leaves, put them in the compost bin and yeah. worm farms and yeah. really get... Get your soil going good. And because it is time when a lot of plants are dropping their leaves, Mm. we start to think about pruning. So Mm. we will often get asked questions about when should I prune my grapevines? When should I prune my figs? Well, I wait until every last leaf has dropped. The sap has gone back into the base. It's not flowing. If If you prune when it gets going, you may get it. You may have it bleeding. So if you've had trouble with when any, with any of the fungal diseases, you might have leech leaf curl on your peaches or you might have powdery mildew on your grapevines. The time to spray them is when they're dormant and before the buds burst. Okay, so keep that in mind. Wait for your leaves to drop before you do your pruning and then when they're leafless and there is less of the plant, that's when you would do your spraying. Mm-hmm. Okay. So just wanted you to know that. Uh, weeds. Oh. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I know. But, you know, get out there and just 15 minutes in a fine You can do break. a lot in 15 minutes. And yeah. do you... I saw something on Facebook this week where a garden had come in and the the garden looked magnificent when they left and then a week or two weeks later all the weeds were coming up and people were saying, get a new gardener. You know what? I I have the same thing because in my Zeriscape garden I've gone through, I've raked, I've pulled out the big weeds. A couple of weeks later I've got a new batch. Mm, and the that's brothers and sisters have arrived. Mm-hmm. Babies. Mm-hmm. Children, sons, mm-hmm. daughters. <laughs> yes, exactly. So, but what it is, it's the weed seed burden in the soil. Every time you turn the soil or move the soil, Correct. there's another plethora coming up. In fact, I've got a carpet in one area and I just looked at the other day and I thought, you know, that, that um, not topic, but the statement, let some areas go wild. Well, I have a wild section and yeah, in the wild middle of garden. it all. Wild your garden. Yes, mm. I have little allisums popping up and flowering. Honestly, Ray, they're no bigger than about three centimetres. Mm. But I went through and I plucked them out and I planted them as a border in front of my roses. Yeah. And it reminds me of what Jerry says where you... um, About your volunteers. Jerry Colby-Williams, yes. Yes, yes. 
So I've chosen my volunteers. I even found some poppy seedlings amongst it. And, of course, they're coming up now too. You've mm-hmm. got poppies and Queen Anne's lace, nigella. There are so many annual flowers mm. that self-sow. Linaria. Oh, and look, we've got a call on the board. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, yes, talking. Um, and it's time for a break. It is. So let's do the break. And then, June, we will be right with you. Curtain Radio. And we are back. You are tuned to Let's Talk Gardening. Yes, it's Radiothon morning, and I do believe the Radiothon room is rather busy. People very keen to attend Faye's Garden. We are talking the 8th of October, uh, and it's $150, which is donated to Radiothon for two people, or $75 for one person if you'd like to attend our little soiree. But you must say Faye's Garden when you call in, guys, 92663900. Have a chat with the gorgeous ladies in the our boardroom, the Radiothon room, uh, and they will be able to assist you. And apparently it's great uptake, so this we like to hear. Now, I'm just wondering about June because it's saying line one, and line one has dropped out, Bev. I don't think there's anyone on it, so no, there's not. So, okay. Wanted to talk about transplanting an orange tree. Can you give some information? I think June has well, dropped out. Some. <laughs> Why do we transplant? Sometimes we don't have a choice. If we're moving house and yeah. it's special to us, well, we just have to do it. Mm. Um, and I'm channeling Chris Oliver here and <laughs> saying the plant will tell you what what it needs. So all I would say is that they have a, a shallow root system. Take as much of the root ball as you can. Put it into a pot with good quality potting mix. I would have said... Give it a cut back so that its canopy is about the same as the root space that you've got. It would probably will go into shock. I would also give it a seaweed, liquid seaweed that's diluted and mix that up into a watering can and do that before you damage the roots. Pot it, give it another drink. When it drops its leaves, then you cut back to where the new growth comes. So it's pretty easy. Now wouldn't be a terrible time to do it. Mm. Uh, It will get going in spring. So it can be done. Thank you for that. All right, let's go to line three. We're in Mundaring. Margaret, good morning. Morning, Margaret. Good morning. Um, Yes, that's wonderful information from the Rose family. Yeah, it was, wasn't it? I mean, the Melville family about the roses, <laughs> but from the rose farm, I should have said. Um, I just ring up to say that Eric McCrum was on Curtain Radio the other day. Yeah, that's Thursday, right, with Jenny. Mm-hmm. Talking to Jenny, and his book is out. Oh, wow. I didn't know that, Margaret. What What's the name of the book? Um, Nature. Oh, hang on. That's all right. We'll find we'll it. We'll find it. That would be a wonderful book, wouldn't it? Nature, Just... Nature of the Jarrah Forest. Mm. Ah, and that's where you are, is it, Margaret? Um, well, I think he and his daughter were on with Jenny and um, they've got it out in several places. Yes, it is available in Mundaring. Um, $55 cash only. Um, right. So... Um, but I just wanted to say he spoke about the, the kookaburras were released from Perth Zoo in 1912. And that's why we have so many of them here. Yeah. Such a 
pest. They are. Pinching baby birds yeah. out of the nest and all sorts Destruction, of Destruction, Margaret. And people think they're lovely. And, hey, they are nice to look at, but that's where it begins and ends, unfortunately. They're not. They're a pest. Well, I, I reckon I lost my mm. family of robin redbreast because mm. of the kookaburras. Yeah. Yeah, they're rotten sods. There's no shadow of a doubt. It'd be a fantastic read. My goodness. I bet the pictures are amazing. Mm. And he talked about there's three fungi that eat gum, the gum nuts, especially the gum nuts, that huge gum nuts off the red gums, the marys. Ah. There's the three fungis, and I thought to myself, good idea, rake them all up in a pile and hope the fungi will find them from mm. underground. And well, Margaret, after a visit to your property last year, how much fun did we have at the woodpile finding slime moulds? <laughs> yes, it was absolutely amazing. Well, you have a beautiful property and it was a, a pleasure to go there and, and wander around and find a few things. Yes, yes, thank you. The, um, and there's a beefsteak fungus that um, lives on, I don't know what it looks like, I'll have to look up the book. It looks a little bit like a piece of meat and it actually grows. It's a a pinkish colour. Oh, is it? And, yes, it it can look like a piece of meat growing on a a stump. The world of fungi is fascinating. Yes, yes. Anyway, I just want to let you know about the book. All right. That's great. he's doing another one, another book. Oh, good. And so well, he should. So he should because he's going to take too much information with him. So it's good to uh, people exactly. with a level of uh, knowledge yeah. and wisdom to put it down in writing. Yeah. I agree. Ma, thanks for your call, Margaret. Okay. Enjoy the weather. <laughs> take Bye. care. Cheers. Bye. Yes, okay. 94841927. Green Life Soil Co. vouchers up for grab still in this hour if you'd like to donate to Let's Talk Gardening. Now, their motto is, if I can actually find it green, everything starts with the soil, okay? And that's very much their their belief. And they deliver soils, compost, manures and mulches. They can deliver them to you in bulk loads. And many of their products do come bagged. So for we, the smaller gardeners, we don't need a big delivery. We can have bags you can go and collect they can deliver to you their range is extensive from minerals to native fish tools and gadgets to worm farms sandy soil solutions vegetables and herbs and so so much more okay and uh, they have brilliant product range and they do supply in other gardening retail outlets so do look out for green life soil co products they are available in perth and throughout the southwest and certainly their premises are located in Wilson Road in Middle Swan Green Life Soil Co. Brilliant, uh, award-winning uh, business with so many facets to it, would you not say, Fair Curran? Absolutely. And and I was just taking notes, talking about feeding the soil and what I would consider doing now to, yeah. to add to the soil and give it some love. But we can talk about that more later. All right. It's 9am. Still only about 10.4 degrees out there, 99% humidity, heading for a maximum of 16. Very cool temperatures for us here in Perth. Uh, keep rug, 
keep yourself all rugged up. Showers today up to 2 to 5 mils expected. Overnight, the minimum will drop down to 7. Showers easing tomorrow with a maximum of 16. Going ahead to Monday, the minimum overnight will be 4, which is chilly, with a maximum of 15 on Monday, partly cloudy. Hopefully we get a few dry days to just give us a little reprieve in between. Uh, It's been great. We need it. Not complaining at all. Hard when you're a gardener. I know. Other than yesterday, though, Ray, when the sun comes out, you know, often we we get the overnight rain and then a full day of sunshine, which is just heavenly, absolutely. Mm, mm. But yesterday, the sun came out and then it rained (laughs) and it was cold and Mm. I gave up at morning tea time and went to the office and yeah. started sorting V yeah. photos, which kept me busy for <laughs> quite a few hours. There was 400. Oh, love my native bees. Um, but we could think about planting for wildlife and habitat, for birds and for butterflies. And that brings me to next week's show, where we will be joined in the studio by Louise Peters mm-hmm. and Mark Tuchek. Okay, that'll be an interesting combination. Absolutely. Well, it was because of Mark that we Mm. caught up with Louise Peters. Mm -hmm. She was at the Perth Garden Festival buying cinnamon myrtle Mm -hmm. for butterflies. Mm -hmm. So I thought that was a lovely combination. We'll have them both in the studio. I can't wait to hear more about bringing the butterflies. All right, now, Olga, we know you're there, love. We will get to you as soon as we can. We do have Kevin Smith online from the Worm Shed. We'll have a chat with Kevin and we'll be straight back to you. I hope you can bear with us. Kevin, good morning. You're with Ray and Faye. Good morning, girls. How are you? Good. How's it all going in your neck of the woods? You're a chittering man, aren't you? We are, yes. Uh, Up here, no, it's beautiful. Bit of fog around yeah. in the valley. But, yeah, um, how magic. No, it's, yeah, it is. It's beautiful at the moment. Yeah. All right. What have we, you got for us? Well, I, th- I put down a topic of aerobics for worms. <laughs> so what can you tell us about that, Kevin? Uh, well, they are quite energetic. Um, <laughs> depends on what you feed them, I suppose. You know? um, no, nah, look, uh, I know there's a lot of sort of information out there about using the liquid and that. Um, And what it comes down to is really how you set your worm farm up. So quite often we hear people say, oh, really the best thing for the liquid is just throw it straight down the toilet, you know. Oh, really? Um, There's all sorts of information out there, which is a bit frustrating. But... Really, what it comes down to is, as I say, how you set your worm farm up. Now, if you were to set your worm farm up where, uh, right from scratch, using some basic bedding, which a lot of people use, koi blocks, and then put your worms in there and then start feeding them, well, the leachate that you get out of that would yes. be, um, yeah, pretty rank. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, and so this is where a lot of this misinformation comes from. So people say, well, you can't use it. So what you would do in that situation is you'd have to keep pouring it back over your worm farm. Um, but it's going to take probably, you know, two or three months before you get a good base of castings in your worm farm um, and then be able to use the leachate that comes out of it. Well, that makes sense, now, doesn't it? So an immature worm farm, it's not actually the worm weed that's coming through. It's going to be what, what's coming out of well, the, yeah. the food scraps and your coir. Exactly right. Okay, yes. Now, what we do, when, and we set up 
lots of worm farms, whether it's a stacking system or old bridges, bathtubs, whatever, we put in at least about 100 mil of castings in there. So we set all our worm farms up with their two to three months advance. Yeah. And the leachate that comes out of it then, you can use right from day one. Uh-huh. So and that's really the best way. And it's also like a security blanket for the worms. You know that they're going to be happy living in their own poo. Um, <laughs> Aren't we all? <laughs> just, just joking, Kevin. Yeah, yeah. Well, you want to come up here and see what we live in. <laughs> it's my life. So I either shovel it or talk it. So one of the two. Love it. <laughs> I remember... Um, yeah. Years ago, we came up with the Perth Garden Club and the title of your talk was how to turn uh, how to turn food waste into a fish for the plate or something along uh, yeah. those how to lines. Turn a piece, yeah, how to turn a piece of paper into a fish on a plate. Yes, actually. that's it. Yeah, okay. And the theory behind that is you can, very simple, you just... You know, worms will eat paper, anything organic, anything that was once alive and no longer alive, and that's anything and everything, mm. uh, just at certain stages. You know, a lot of people will say, well, you know, worms don't eat citrus, onion, garlic, meat and dairy. Well, they, they do. do. Mm. Yeah. So, yeah, and so the theory behind all that was, um, yeah, you feed the paper to the, to the fish, uh, to the worms, and then feed the worms to the fish, and then they grow up. Get become plate size and you get to eat the fish. Uh, Excellent. Yeah, it, was, it was a good little system, yeah. But yeah, with the the leachate, you know, it's you, a lot of people treat their worm farms like a rubbish bin, you know. Oh, it, no. It, it, it's a bit frustrating. It's yeah, you, know, you got to do certain things for your worm for yeah. the worms. You know, they're a living animal. They got five hearts, a brain, crop, yeah. gizzard. You know. Um, so you you know you've got to learn how to how to actually look after them and how to feed them, and one of the things you've got to understand is they don't have any teeth. Mm. So really, the best thing to do is to blend your food scraps, mm. and they they also don't like the light. So you don't just lift up the lid and the blanket and throw the food in. Dig a hole and actually bury it in there. You know? mm. so you really got to think worm a little bit, you know, and um, and then yeah. It'll be fine. And the leachate, uh, look, it's black gold. We we bottle it and um, it sits on shelves. Uh, farmers are buying it to put out in their paddocks. So, um, yeah, and it's just, yeah, it's just alive. You've just got to be careful. Um, so you don't uh, leave it sitting there. How often would you harvest it? Oh, no, we constantly harvest it. So in worm farms, you should always leave your tap open and let it drip through. Um, and that way, well, we know worms can't swim. You know, they breathe through their skin, so you don't want to build up a liquid in your worm farm. Um, so let that drain out all the time. Um, and as long as it's working properly, there's no smell to it, you can put a lid on it and put it somewhere in a cupboard out of light. Yeah. And you can, you know, it can sit there for maybe three months if you wanted to. And when you go to use it again, you know, the the, the microbes, the bacteria, and that, they just go dormant for a while. Um, when you go to use it, give it a good shake if you wanted to. You could put a, you know, a half a teaspoon of sugar in there, a bit of molasses, give the uh, bacteria something to feed on, and then get rid of it, to, you know, use it straight out on your garden pretty quick. Because what would happen there is as the... Um, bacteria is 
multiplying and feeding off the uh, the molasses, it's also using oxygen. Now, once it's used all the oxygen in a bottle, then it becomes quite anaerobic. Mm. Once again, then people start saying, "Oh, this stuff is no good." You know, well, just depends on how you treat it. But if generally people that have got worm farms in suburbia use it all the time, mate. So you wouldn't use a a bad smelling brew over the leaves of your leafy greens, would you? Most, most certainly, I wouldn't. If it smells. I'd be pouring it back over the worm farm. Okay. There should be no smell to it at all. No, right. correct. And do you, uh, how often do you sort of flush your worm farms with a little bit of water, a bit of moisture? Uh, see, and you see, this is another thing, you know. Mm. Well, we've heard that, you know, come along once a week with a bucket of water and mm. throw it over your worm farm. Well, no. Not at all? Would, what about in summer? Not at all. Okay. No, 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 no. We, you still water your worms. I water my worms summertime twice a day. My, I have my worms, well, I like to think they're free-ranging. I have them out in windrows out in the paddock. And um, in summertime, like, you get 40 degrees downtown, we get 44 up here. Mm. So they're insulated. They've got a lot of straw and shredded paper over them, and they're also watered, say, spray misted, um, yeah, a couple of times a day. Wintertime, well... Mostly I leave the rain to uh, keep them going through winter. But in a, say, if you have a stacking system. Yeah, I do in my garage. Right. Okay. So something like that. When we set them up, we set them up where there's the first tray has got, um, you've got your base tray, then your first working tray. That's where we put the castings. Yeah. So that one's already full. So they're two to three months advanced. Then we put the worms in the next one, have a little blanket over it. Mm. And you can pour, in a situation like that, you could pour probably half a litre of water over that nearly every day, every second day. Mm-hmm. So you keep the blanket wet. Yeah. And then any excess moisture then slowly goes through the worms, slowly goes through the worm casting and comes out as your worm with. Mm-hmm. So it's, you know, the other side to it all, you know, I know we're recycling, but it's a fertiliser factory. Oh, yes. So you, you don't want it running out. You just want it slowly dripping out yeah. over time. So you can do that every day and setting it up the way we set them up. And we do a lot of them through councils and that with our workshops. Yeah. Are you still doing those, obviously, Kevin, through different councils? Yeah. 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 Actually, we've got one coming up uh, Wednesday down at Kublup, Bacoga. Okay. And then another few later on in July. Yeah, look, they're fairly constant Um, with Swan, Coburn. Quinana, Melville, mm. um, some subsidise, some just offer rebates. Mm. So, mm. Um, Wonderful. And we do, yeah, we do a two-hour workshop, which is pretty good. Um, can can you can... add anything else to your worm farm to value add it? Would you throw in any pelletised chicken manure or lime or rock dust mm. or molasses? Yeah. yeah, look, molasses I wouldn't be worried too much about, but... You know, a bit of rock dust wouldn't hurt, um, a little bit of lime. Well, we use dolomite, which has yes. got the magnesium in it. So dolomite lime, which is just a little bit more beneficial and acts a little bit quicker. Um, and if you wanted to, you could, yeah, add a bit of manure, you know, a bit of chicken manure. If you really wanted to, you could put in a bit of wood chip, a bit of sand, and then when you harvest your castings, you've got a ready-made potting mix, you know. Mm. So, um, and it helps keep it open and aerated, and that's a really, really important thing. 
And that's why it's important to make sure you have lots of carbon in there, lots of paper or straw, something like that. Mm. That helps it open and aerate it, you know, instead of it becoming just a wet, slimy mush, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, Do you ever turn your worm farms over? Like, <laughs> no? No. <laughs> Worms no, are doing that really, aren't they? Yeah, exactly right. Yeah. Years ago, well, I've been doing this for 35 years. Yeah. And what books were around then, they did talk about actually, yeah, getting in there and using your pitchfork and turning it over, you know. Oh, I've done, poor worms. I've done that once. <laughs> oh, yeah. But I've done that once and I've never had to do it again in all the time I've been doing it. And the trick is the way you feed them. So, you know, the best advice I can give anyone is you only feed them small amounts on a regular basis. So you don't give them a whole heap of food and then put some more on it because they'll keep coming up to the fresh food and um, or to the stuff on top and you'll end up with stuff uneaten underneath. Mm. And then that will become anaerobic, get smelly, and then your worm farm's not really working so well. So, so what do you do when you want to go away for a week? Do you just not feed them so they eat up everything that's in there or do you give them something to get them uh, through? No, no. Yeah, look, give them enough for a couple of days. To say, you know, We always recommend people only feed them small amounts on a regular basis, no more than they can handle for in one or two days, a couple of days. Now, if you go away for a week, um, look, they're not going to starve. Very hard to starve a, a worm, very easy to overfeed a worm farm, one of the most common problems people have. Yeah. And that that comes down to people not knowing the weight in worms that they've got. And it's all weight-related, not numbers. You know? mm. So if you know the weight in worms that you've got, you know the weight in ways that you can feed them every day because a worm will convert anywhere, maybe up to a third of its body weight in food every day. So say you've got a kilo of worms in your worm farm, you know you can feed them 300 grams a bit over 300 grams of waste every day. Really important to know the weight and worms that you've got. Ratio, oh, okay, so, that's hard. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Well, initially you just weigh it up, but see, when you buy worms, you need to buy worms by weight, not by number. Mm. So we sell worms, half kilos, kilos, so people know how much they can feed them. So you eliminate that issue of overfeeding your worms. So going back on your holidays, so don't think I'm going away for a week, so I'll give them a week's supply of food there's a good chance you'll come home to a smelly worm farm and not very happy worms. So a bit of shredded paper in there and maybe a light sprinkling of, as you mentioned earlier, a bit of chicken manure or something like that or pelletised chicken manure. Not very much. They'll survive on a bit of paper, straw. Mm, mm. Um, And when you get back, you know, start again and give them a feed. And if you're going away in the middle of summer, probably the best thing to do is maybe, if it's a stacking system, dismantle your worm farm and place the trays in your garden beds where there's a bit of retic, put a bit of manure around there and the worms will be happy living in there until you come back. They'll be kept moist through the retic. When you come back off your holidays, reassemble it and away you go again. Oh, wow. Okay. So much to learn from you, Kevin. (laughs) Come along to one of our workshops. eh? Yeah, I'd love to. I'm Mm. I'm hoping, I was hoping to do it this year, but I'm hoping to working towards it is opening the farm up again and doing workshops up here, you know. So, yeah, no, that um, would be sensational. Let yeah, us know and we'll yeah. organise the bus. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I've had lots of offers. I've, I bet you yeah, have. I'll, we'll have a curtain radio bus on its way. Yeah. All right, well, yeah. keep us posted, Kevin. 
I will do. I just got to put the doors on the toilet. That's the problem. <laughs> oh, okay, yeah, that'll be easy. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> All right, thanks very yeah. much for your time today. It's been great. Beautiful. Thanks, ladies. Thanks, okay. Kevin. Happy, All the best. Happy worming to you. Thank you. <laughs> Bye. Isn't he great? He's he is. Yes, a font of knowledge. Very much so. Uh, let's go to dear Olga. Sorry to, I know, let, let leave you waiting. We do have to go to a break. So, Olga, is it a long phone call or a quick one? Quick one. Quick one. Okay. Yeah. Go ahead, Olga. Yeah, I've got this avocado, um, not avocado, sorry, uh, grape tree, which is five years old, and it hasn't flowered or fruited or anything, so what's gone wrong with it, I don't know. A grape, did you say? No, 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 a custard apple. A custard apple, they are yeah. definitely warm tropical. season tropical plants, mm-hmm. so hopefully you've got it in a, a warm, sunny aspect. Uh, it will yeah. need to be mature before it flowers and fruits, so it's probably just a question of age. Uh, keep it well mulched. Don't water, water it too much through the winter, but give it some fertiliser in spring, mulch it well, and just be patient, Olga. Okay. Yep. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Okay. Yeah. Thanks, love. Yeah. Bye. 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 Okay. We shall return. Curtain Radio. And we are back. You're tuned to Let's Talk Gardening. It's Radiothon morning. It's a little bit crazy. It's very, very busy, I believe. You've just been down into the Radiothon room, Faye. It's hectic, right? It's hectic. I came back with no information, but the lines are going nuts. So. I think it's a bit popular, I'm pleased to say. You're popular. Oh. Yeah, so there you go. Um, we put out there a high tea at Faye's Garden, $150 for two people. Donation goes directly to Radiothon. If you want to have a single ticket, it's $75. And for that, you're going to have a great afternoon with... Faye and the team and high tea and we're serving some champagne and making it all very lovely. There'll be a tour of Faye's garden, obviously, garden chats and Q&A opportunities and plants for sale if that's of your interest and complimentary prizes and we're going to have a sensational afternoon together. So be an opportunity to see Faye's gardening and, and, and let her walk her talk. <laughs> That's out for a bit no of pressure. pressure. Well, and we were asked if the garden is wheelchair friendly. Yeah. And it only partly, like we yeah. have a very long driveway that goes past uh, a, a workshop, past mm. the house, around the rose garden, past the shade houses and back to the back shed. So that goes from one side yeah. of the boundary to the other virtually. Mm. And on the left and right, there are garden beds like everywhere. Yeah, so you can um, definitely see. It's not fully wheelchair friendly. We put that out there, but there's definitely a lot that you could see. If, this if, is true. If there's you need to. like seven garden rooms. Yeah. It's a work yeah. in progress. Yeah. So yeah. it'll be Oh, well, schmick. it gives you yeah, it gives you uh the motivation, doesn't it, to mm. really Oh, yeah, it. like I need <laughs> motivation. Yeah. And um so Ray, what we were talking about feeding soil and mm. adding manure mm. and you know, at this time of year, I know a lot of people will understand that I I don't talk much about fertilising through the winter. However, there are lots of plants that are just powering away right now. And if mm. they're flowering, 
they don't mind a little bit of encouragement. So yeah. depending on whether you're an organic gardener or you, you don't have any qualms, you might give them a little bit of MPK now, which is fast acting, mm-hmm. uh, a fertiliser for flowering and fruiting plants. Mm-hmm. A slow release fertilisers are not going to work overly well at this time because it's cold. It's a little bit too cold. Yeah. But you could add and build up the soil. You can, of course, use your worm castings to add, uh, like we were just talking to Kevin. But you could also add palletized chicken manure and or blood and bone. And a little, um, what I like to do is weed around the base of a plant, make a little well, sprinkle some pellets in there and let them break down. Maybe come back in a week or two and you might water that in just to help it get going. And that breaks up the surface of the soil. You know, even this week I've found pockets in my garden where I rake the surface and I don't know where the water goes. Mm. It hasn't puddled, mm. but it's dry underneath. So yeah. adding the the pellets does help the sand hold, hold the moisture and nutrients. Yeah, and point. you get a real feel for it when you're giving it a tickle with a little rake or mm. with your hands. It feels good. Mm. And you can let go of all your troubles at the same time. <laughs> Well, not that we have any. <laughs> if you donate this hour, we've still got uh, half an hour to go. Bigger trees have put up four times 75 uh, gift vouchers. Now, you know already they're a longtime supporter of Let's Talk Gardening, specialising in frangies, fruit and ornamental trees. Give you a little bit more information about bigger trees than we normally can. They... Frangipani-wise, okay, everything's going to nono lands at the moment, but they do offer a wide range of sizes, colours and exotic varieties with rarer species available too, as well as a beautiful range of grafted frangies. Um, it's a family-run business. Carrie Spriggs, honestly, she's one of the most loveliest people I've ever met. She's an absolute beautiful lady. Their ornamental tree section is continually expanding and includes an ever-increasing range of deciduous, evergreen, flowering and native trees. Their fruit section, fruit tree section, has a great selection of different trees to choose from, including dwarf, miniature and standard varieties, and two-in-one and three-in-one varieties, all on one tree. How does that sound? They also have a wide range of hibiscus plants, both evergreen and deciduous, as well as proteas, gardenias, camellias and magnolias. You get the picture. Uh, they have a very large supply of miscellaneous plants too, ever-growing, and uh, their indoor plants and shaded plants sections is huge. Products galore. Uh, really, I think you go up to bigger trees, do your shop up there, then pop down to Green Life on the way home and get all the soil side of it. These two these two uh, suppliers absolutely cover it all for us here on Let's Talk Gardening, Bigger Trees and Green Life Soil Co. And we thank them both very much. So donate this hour to go into the draw to win a $75 gift voucher, of which we have for this hour, two bigger trees. Faye, you always, when I'm, oh. you, what's wrong, love? You're just bouncing up and down in the chair. Is it because I'm, I'm speaking? Do you need to get it out? No, 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 I don't. Normally sit still, Ray, and and while you were talking, I was thinking, you know what's different about this room? We can't see outside. Oh, it's awful. And I'm also thinking, I'm looking at the board and I'm thinking, I'm... I'm just always thinking about we, things, right? Okay. We don't have a window in Studio 2. The chairs squeak. How are these boys, Peter Waltham and Ray Finn, how do you sit on this chair? And it's tilting forward. I'm just about lying over the panel here. I don't get it. All right. We're uh, in Narrum Bean talking about hydrange. Wendy, good morning. Hi, Wendy. Good morning. Good morning, girls. Good morning. Um, I, a couple of years ago when I was 
um, cutting back my hydrangeas, I thought, oh, I'll put a heap of cuttings in a pot. Um, and you know, they all struck and I thought, oh, I'll just leave them there and see what happens to them, see if I can, you know, get different colours. And last year, oh, this year just gone, um, there's no, no flowers on them at all. Why is that? Have you separated them and put them into their own pots? No. Okay. No, I didn't have, do that. It, have you cut them the, back? Oh, well, I haven't cut... I, I cut them back last year. I mean, you know, the, the, they came up quite high. So I cut them back and fertilised them and they all look very happy. Well, they all, all came... looked lovely. Absolutely beautiful. The foliage was beautiful. So I kept hanging out for flowers and got none. Mm, okay. All right, so what to do with hydrangeas going forward? Um, you could certainly pot them on into their own pots. You cut them back when they're looking very daggy, when the buds start mm. swelling, or cut them back to two yes. fat buds. Mm-hmm. If any of the flower stems have flowered, they won't flower again. So definitely you cut those back. Right. Feed with yeah. a complete fertiliser in springtime. Right. So depending on what you fertilise them with, you if it's got too much nitrogen, you'll get a lot of leaf growth. They also need the sun. Uh, and Narambeen, whereabouts is that exactly? Well, if you drew a line from Meriden to Hyden, we're in the middle. Mm. Oh, okay. So east of Perth inland. Yes. And, yeah, and it's yep. in a, um, it's in an al- alfresco, and it's three quarters um, under shade cloth, so it's not not okay. in direct sun. They, it, the, the other hydrangeas do beautifully, but my cuttings didn't do anything at all. I was very disappointed. Uh, well, just give them a bit longer. Put them into their own pots, fresh mm-hmm. potting mix. Add a bit of extra slow-release fertiliser and then if you give them a liquid feed as well, that will help. And I think there's a very good chance they'll put on a lot of growth and you'll get flowers. Oh, thank you for that. Now, if I've got another quick one, how the hell do you grow parsnips? We grow nearly all our own uh, vegetables, but we can't seem to get the, the parsnips to germinate. That the seed needs to be fresh. No good going to your cupboard and finding your stash from years ago and throwing it in. You, you'll get a very poor rate. They mm. are slow germinating. So uh, make sure you've got a weed-free area. Use fresh yeah. seed and be patient. Oh, right. They're all in raised beds. So um, everything else grows absolutely beautiful. I've got about 10 raised beds, but... Cannot seem to... Well, it takes about three to four weeks. Don't give up. Try fresh seed. Oh, right. Thank you very much, girls, and I love your program. And I think I'll donate again in case I win the the prize to go. Oh, way to go, Wendy. Thank you. Thanks, Wendy. That's lovely. It'd be lovely to see you. Okay, thank you. Thanks, Wendy. Bye. 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 All right, now we're talking about chicken manure. We are in Port Kennedy. Ruth, good morning. Hi, Ray and Faye. Um, we've got some dried chicken manure because we've got chooks and hubby sort of cleans out the chook pen a bit and we've got a lot of dried chicken manure. Can we use that instead of the chicken pellets you're talking about, sort of digging around? 
Well, you absolutely can. The risk with chicken manure is that it it could be um, considered hot and it can burn roots. But when it's aged, if you put it on top of um, any of your mulch in your garden, it'll permeate through and break down. Or you could dig it in not too close to the roots. You could also put it in your compost bin or worm farm to let it age. Uh, you could even yeah. throw it into a bucket of water and make some... Uh, a soupy Liquid. mix. Yeah. So there's lots of ways you can use it. And then with the if if you did if you added water to it and got the soupy mix, can you then sort of give it to the plants? But probably in spring or. Oh, you could you could even do it now. There's there's lots of good stuff in chicken manure. Uh, mm, don't put okay. it on your leafy vegetables though. All oh, right. Um, so your stone fruit and citrus, all right? Perfect. Maybe perfect. Yeah, maybe dig it into the soil, not too close to the roots. Well, even maybe. just throwing it on top is a, another way. It'll break down into your soil. The more we can improve our soil with a variety mm. of manures and rock dust, yummies. <laughs> yeah, compost. Yeah. You name it. Yeah. Yeah. No, we got our own compost too. So oh. yeah. Yeah, okay. I'd probably put it into the compost then. It'll value add your compost. Oh, okay. Radio, we'll do that. All right. <laughs> Thank you so much, Ray and Faye. Wonderful program again. Thanks, Ruth. Thanks, Ruth. Cheers. Okay. Bye. Cheers. Bye. Lovely listeners. My goodness. Yeah. They are. They sure are. Yeah. Bigger and, trees, uh, if you'd like. Sorry, I interrupted you. Go ahead. No, no. I was just going to say. Well. I just was thinking about John telling us this morning about his story where he met someone and he told them that he was John from the gardening show and they went, oh, I listen to you every week. He was, buying, he was buying cooking utensils. <laughs> <laughs> you just can't go anywhere. Yeah, no, it's, uh, it's fantastic. We appreciate uh, the listeners to this program and we very much value uh, any donation that you can make to Curtain Radio this morning on behalf of Let's Talk Gardening, show your support for Let's Talk Gardening. Uh, we'd like to give that uh, nudge, that uh, bottom line of uh, how much money has been brought into the station. We'll get a tally for you soon and just see what we've been able to do. We started off at 88 and a half. Let's see what Let's Talk Gardening's been able to give that a bit of a push along. That would be lovely and we appreciate it. And as you know, some great prizes up for grabs, bigger trees, four $75 gift vouchers. Available right now if you donate uh, in in this hour. And you know one of the things I love about Bigger Trees, not only is it a beautiful nursery, beautifully presented as well, their prices are brilliant. I can say that because it's Radiothon. <laughs> their prices are brilliant. Well, and it's a lovely nursery to look and, around. Yeah, and, and Kerry, if you want something and she doesn't have it, there's a good chance she's going to get it in for you. You can speak to her, uh, you know, and it's a place to go for unusual things as well you know there's such a huge range uh they're open thursday to sunday of each week uh you can go to biggertrees.com.au they've got online shopping options as well explore their website see you know so much to see and look at uh it's a great website you can go to their facebook page follow them for their updates uh yeah uh, they are a sensational supporter of let's talk gardening and we thank them very much if you'd like a 75 dollar gift voucher donate now any donation uh, from $2 onwards is tax deductible and uh, you go in the drawer and hopefully we'll be able to give out a little bit more information as the morning unfolds, of which we've got about 20 minutes left. Hey, Ray, what about that email this week that came in of the photo of the rose that had two centres in it? Yes, yes, yes. That's 
very, very unusual. Now, that was Eileen. I think so, yes. Yes, and she wanted us to go and have a look at it. She's up in Liz Murdy mm. direction, but it was a single bud that opened up into two heads yes. of a rose. Yeah, and uh, she sent some fascinating photos of it. And, uh, yeah, Simply we, beautiful. Yeah, yeah, we're just very, very time poor, uh, but I certainly appreciate the photo being sent and we appreciate you emailing us and phoning in about that. How interesting, how unusual. And I, I wonder if it's a weather thing or what do you think? It's a... Uh, what, what's the word I'm looking for? A it begins with M. Help me out here. Mutation. Mm. Well, there is. There's a lot of physiological effects that mm. can happen to mm. plants. There's sports. There's fasciation. Yes. Uh, yes. There's in. It, it's basically an interruption. Yeah. Of mm. some point, and sometimes that can be a bug that adjusts. The, oh, I'm not sure. Yeah, um, Eileen Lord, it was the lady that mm. sent the pictures to us, and we, we appreciate that. And I'm actually going to pull up the pictures and show them to Faye uh, whilst we're uh, doing our thing. Let We're in Dianella. We're talking about worms. Barbara, good morning. Morning, Barbara. Oh, hi, Faye. Hello, Faye and Ray. Uh, thank you so much for, for Kevin Smith, I think his name was. Yes, it was. Yeah, just about the worms. I was hoping he would stay online a little bit longer because I've found that I think I'm pretty much doing um, what he's suggested. So it was really good to hear about my aerobic worms being um, active but not anaerobic. <laughs> good, good. <laughs> so they do, they're, they're quite active. Um, yeah, like you, Ray, I'm not sure how you go about um, weighing the worms once you've already got them because mine are about eight months old in this container now, mm. um, but it looks like they've multiplied. They, this is the thing. That's what I thought. And I thought, yeah, what I started with and what I've got now is very, very different. Yes, I know. Thank you. And uh, um, it's, it's, and it's mine are a lot older than that. You know, mine are a number of years old. So well, I, I had I no guess, idea. Yeah, what I was thinking about that was if you know you've got a kilo of worms in the first place and you feed was it 30 percent of their weight so you're looking for 300 grams of food or thereabouts so then what i would do is mince up all my uh, food waste and weigh it and maybe it's two cups worth for example so if you think your worms might have doubled you might start then giving them four cups worth and you'll be able to see whether they eat it all or whether they don't eat it all and just yeah, 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 and there and there is a difference between summer and winter. I think mm. with their feeding, but I thought, seeing as mine are such aerobic worms, I could line them all up and measure. Them. <laughs> <laughs> why, no, why that will up? never work because they expand and contract. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm only joking. Um, so, getting back to um, Kevin, one of the things I wanted to ask him was that my worms actually have a fairly thick piece of carpet which has been there because I lost my first lot. So a gentleman gave me, instead of a bunch of flowers, a bag of worms, which I have now got. Wonderful. Um, so that carpet, yeah, when I, when I pull the carpet back to feed them, it always has these little tiny mites on it. Mm. It doesn't seem to affect them. So I just wanted to ask him what they were, because they're always there, and they wash out into the, uh, uh, how do you say it, Kate? No? Ooh. Well, Barbara, there are so many things that can live in compost. It is amazing. Compost and worm farms. And mm. if you take photos of yeah, them, if you can get a good mm -hmm. photo, 
and send it through, yeah. I may be able to identify. I can also look at my worm farm and see if I've got the same and I could collect some, put them under the microscope, get some photos and get an ID. Okay, they're minute and they're they're quite light, say. Um, the other thing was that I wanted to ask him, I have trouble putting paper. The moment I put paper in, and I have used it as a cover, sort of, you know, how yes. you just layer it to protect them in summer, I immediately get ants. With oh, eggs. that's weird. Hmm. And so like it dry? Got... Yeah. So yes, you can pour it... that leachate back over your paper and make sure it's wet. And also um, shredded yeah, paper yeah, is even true. better than layers of paper. Yeah, yep, yep. Yeah, Remember, they again. don't have mouths. They don't have teeth. No. So cutting yeah. things up fine helps. Yeah, it's amazing how we just keep learning stuff because someone also said it's not a bad thing to sprinkle a little bit of sand in as you go because it helps them to grind the food, I suppose. That's right. I don't know. Yeah. And chickens are the same. Mm. Yeah. Okay, thank you. So Thanks. before I go, if, if you have that bus to go up there, I'm on it. <laughs> uh, I'm thinking we, we should go to bigger idea. trees and we can go to green life soil. Why, why wouldn't yeah, we Yeah, we can go to all of our favourite places. We'll my have my to other do half, yeah. he can drive a bus. Oh, okay. We've got the driver. We just need to get a bus. That's not hard. I know how to do that. We we'll just need we'll to organise it. Yeah. All right. Thanks, Barbara. Okay. And so one more. I'm just going to the um, donation line. And that 20th of October. 8th of October. Um, sorry, 8th of October. Um, what was I going to say? No, it's gone. It's okay. I'll ring the... I'll ring the line. Thank and you. Does that include your your membership, or is it just the donation? Just, and that's separate. It's just a donation for Faye's Garden, and the money goes to Radiothon. Yep. All right. Thanks very much, Ray. Bye, Thanks, guys. Thank you. Bye, Barbara. Okay. Here we go. One hundred point one FM. You're with Ray and Faye. This is Radiothon Morning. Let's talk gardening. And it's been really busy. I think the ladies are really under the pump. Thank you very, very much for supporting Let's Talk Gardening during Radiothon. Radiothon runs till 6pm tomorrow evening. Now you can donate online too by going to curtainfm.com.au. That's an easy way to go about it. Uh, perhaps you're having trouble getting through to the Radiothon room. 92663900 is their number in any case. I've got some names to read out. Okay, we have uh, Leslie Cliff of Rollystone. We have Sheila Seal in Mundaring. Lorraine O'Day in Les Murdy. Myra Mason in Eden Hill. Richard Scales of Thornley. Eve Arnold of Mosman Park, Len Maker in Sampson, Joan Corb in Waikiki, Jewel Durant in Middle Swan, Andy Durant in Middle Swan, Jeannie Napier, now there's a name that we know uh, in Beachborough, Wendy West, Two Rocks, Olga Armstrong in Ascot, we were speaking to Olga earlier, Jim Crinan, our very own, uh, yeah, what we would call him, Lycra Man. Lycra Pants, Jim Crinan from Maida Vale. Good on you, Jim. Moira Mason and Eden Hill and Maureen Johnson in Yokine. They've all donated to Let's Talk Gardening. Someone's going to win a $75 gift voucher to Bigger Trees, of which there are four up for grabs this hour. They'll all be winding off pretty soon, guys, so you've only got about 10 minutes to get your donation in, and then we're going to wind it all up for Let's Talk Gardening Radiothon for 2023. Coming up at 10am, George Minoldi can do it all again. Ha ha. Good, good.
What are we going to talk about now, Ray? Oh, my goodness. I'm just about all talked out. Uh, okay. Well, uh, we were talking about improving the soil. You wanted to go through that a little bit. Uh, the chicken manure and blood and bone. Mm-hmm. Now's a good time to do that. And maybe it's a good time to touch on waste recycling because we I don't know how many bins you have. We've we've got two. Other people in our street have no. got a red bin as red lid bin as well. But my food and organic wastes go back into my garden. We yeah. don't throw out um that's our bin doesn't brilliant. go out every week. That's I brilliant. try and be careful about what comes into the house in the first place. Mm. We use up most of what we've got. As I said, even yeah, chicken scraps I still put into my worm farm because all but the bones will break down and the bones will break down over time. Over time. Yeah. So I don't mind burying them in the garden under trees. Yeah, of course. We've got uh, a worm farm in a bathtub. So I do wonder, uh, if even a couple, if you're eating a lot of um, vegetables, you have a lot of scraps. Is Are the small purchasable worm farms big enough for, for even a couple? Well, I've got two. Mm. So there's two people in my house and I have two worm farms mm. to give you a bit of an idea. Yeah. And do you put in cardboard and hair and vacuum? Uh, no, I don't do the hair thing. Uh, Lint from the dryer? No, I don't I do not do that. I know you can do it, but I don't do that. So certainly they can have paper and cardboard and I do throw in a bit of dolomite from time to time, but they mainly just get their veggies and mm. things like that. Yeah, so scraps in that regard. Yeah, so very careful not to put. I remember once, um, yeah, my other half didn't realise, and I think he was putting protein sources into my worm farms in the garage and that just brought the rats in oh big time yes. learned a lesson well he didn't know and mm. uh well and it, it can smell too which is can. what you want to avoid yeah, if they're not eating so, it up yeah yeah quickly be, be very very careful but uh, no i wouldn't be without my worm farms in fact i'd have more if i had more room mm. absolutely last week we talked to samantha about the book Harriet's Hungry Worms, and yes. my book arrived yesterday. I sat up in bed first thing yesterday morning. Oh, did you get morning. one? Yes, I, well, for my grandchildren, yeah. and we're only two weeks away from school holidays, so one of the projects I'm going to get the kids to do is making their own worm farm. It's so, such a beautifully illustrated book. Oh, gorgeous, yeah, and I lots of so fun too. facts. Yeah. So I'm hoping that will inspire them. Instead of thinking, icky worms, I want them to start recycling the food waste Mm. and I reckon they could have one each we'll get a polystyrene broccoli box I will get a a coir brick from the local hardware store that swells up that'll go into to the bottom and then we'll start feeding them so I reckon each child could have their own yeah a great project and then making fertilizer from from the waste as well once it's set up yeah, you're setting your grandchildren up, aren't you, oh. for the future? Well, you know, I won't talk now because I know we have to go to a break, but, yes, we, we need to gear up, Ray. Yeah, I agree. We do. And I was reading something yesterday where they were saying that eggs are going to be in really short supply. Right. Let's yeah. continue this after the break. Okie dokie. Curtain Radio. You're with Ray and Faye. Let's talk gardening. We have about five minutes of the program remaining. Hope you've managed to donate on behalf of Radiothon and Let's Talk Gardening and uh, wave the Let's Talk Gardening flag. 
We love you for it. Thank you very, very much indeed. Okay, we were talk- we're talking, having a very interesting chat off air. We got to chickens. We got to ch- yeah. So I'm gearing up again. I'm going to start taking uh, cuttings from my fruit trees, so grapes, mulberries, figs, etc. They all grow easily from cuttings. So I'm going mm. to start new plants and start up a whole new garden where we're going to integrate chickens. Where I'm going to actually choose breeds that are useful for meat as well as eggs Mm -hmm. and of course we then get the manure it's going to be a new integrated system where I can take everything that I've learned up until now to grow more food because the the predictions and the trajectory that we are on for population growth to 2050 is exponential and I realised how important land is going to be and and feeding us. I didn't think food security was such a big issue, but if you add up the numbers, mm. it's going to be more difficult. But we know so much now. Yes, there is so do. much we've learned. We can grow more in less space. We can grow more with less water. Mm. So it's time to really uh, gear up. And, and set ourselves up. So that's part of my new project, unless anything else gets thrown at me that I can't cope with. Well, <laughs> of course, and some of the reason that you're talking about is taking cuttings from your fruit trees and that because you've had a massive water issue where you live in Janicot, of mm. course. So a lot of listeners may not be aware of that. Well, um, the soil has yeah. potentially been contaminated. Water mm. testing is ongoing. Mm. Uh, we, we can't use our groundwater. Mm. So it's a major whammy. So I, I need to look from the get-go. I need mm. to start from scratch at water harvesting. Mm. You know, we, we've just had one of the driest summers on record. So, mm. you know, maybe growing summer fruits and vegetables is, is not going to be a thing for me. But how do we feed ourselves over the summer? What crops can we grow using less water? Maybe I'll go back to doing aquaponics again where mm. I can grow fish and and some of the, the everyday vegetables. Mm. And it will include barriers for protection. <laughs> we need to protect our fruit from... Rats and rainbow oh, lorikeets. Yeah. Um, you know, all these things will help me design a system that I can protect my fruit. And choosing better fruit trees, perhaps in the 20 years since I started, there are... You know a heck of a there lot are, more. I do. Yeah, I, yeah, of course. It's just a there are better ways. evolving. It's, yeah. it's about planning a system that will work. And how many people do I want to feed? Well, there's only two of us where we are. Mm. But, of course, I have three children with partners and then six grandchildren. Mm. So how do we then ha- um, preserve our bumper harvest when we mm. get too many of mm. anything we don't eat them fresh. How? What can we do with them? Mm. Mm. What's going to be safe? All right. So, and I think, yeah. I think, of course, because of the challenges that you have on your property because of this water issue, uh, it, look, look how you're turning it around, and look at what it's forced you to do. Question for you: You know how you have, like, if you were to have chickens, and then they forage, and they're eating. I don't know. Yeah. How does that all work? So do you I've got me? areas of my garden that are not irrigated, Ray. Right. The problem is. Where some of those areas are, there's um, there's shade from buildings. So and we've got towering gum trees, and the roots come underground. So you know, perhaps I'm looking at standalone if it's in pots, if it's perhaps they're just in pots initially. 
um, I've got to start somewhere. So I'll start mm. with when I prune, taking the cuttings and then perhaps having some for sale, working out how many of each I need, what space it needs. Maybe I'll look at espaliering, um, mm. harvesting water. Mm. It's also, you know, changing garden rooms I've got. It, nothing's going to happen overnight. I don't have the budget for it. So mm. it's all going to be mm. on the smell of an oily rag. Yeah, yep. One day you're going to write a book, I'm sure I've, of it. I've said to people recently I have projects in me mm. and, yeah, I'm, but in the meantime I share what I know on Facebook, um, particularly on my Botanic Obsession page yeah. and, and um, here, on the insect obviously. group. Mm-hmm. And I found a new beetle this week. I saw that. I saw that. I'm up to 852 species on our property. I know. And I know it's important. I just know that's mm. my my claim to fame. <laughs> of which you will, of which you will have many. Look, we know it's been an unusual morning, uh, radiothon morning. Uh, I know we've been a little bit all over the place, for which I apologise. We're, we're doing our best in here. I don't have a telly. I don't have any winners' names as yet. I think the. Um, the good people in the Radiothon room have been run off their feet. We hope that's the case. Uh, if we do get some winner details, perhaps one of us can uh, mention them on George Minoldi's program, which is coming up uh, in about five seconds. We thank you so very, very much. I want to thank Bev Daring and John Glidden, Glidden as well. And, of course, you, Fayakaro, for pulling us through and changing studios mid-flight and... Yeah, all the fun and games of live radio. But it's been a it's been a really nice morning. Thanks, uh, listeners, and thank you from the bottom of our hearts for donating to Radiothon during Let's Talk Gardening. We appreciate that so much, and we hope to see some of your little smiley cherub cheeks at Faye's Garden if you were able to donate uh, to the high tea that we've put up on offer. Uh, all proceeds to Radiothon, of course. Um, take care. Keep warm, everybody. And, um, yeah, look after yourselves. Happy gardening. We hope you've enjoyed listening to another edition of Let's Talk Gardening on Curtain Radio. Happy gardening.